Why Ingrid? She has nothing to do with I'll Remember. She, but 1994, can you think of a time where we didn't see Ingrid with Madonna? I blame Ingrid game? for so much. But you know what's interesting is like, that's because Chris Ciccone planted that in our heads because Ingrid says something totally different. I, our, this is where all did good. You get, last question I want to ask before we actually start this. Where are you getting these icon letters? Are they online somewhere? I just like Googled I, Madonna 1994. Um, what did I put in? I think I just put in Madonna 1994 and it was one of the things that popped up and I was like, oh my God, that's such a great capture of her summer that she was sort of out of the spotlight. Um, and working away. Yeah. She's like, I thought I'd be on vacation, but there's so much to do. Um, all right, here we go. All right. This is Mark. And this is Kenny. And this is all I want to do is talk about Madonna. I'll remember. Welcome to season three, Kenny. Oh my gosh, Mark. Thank you. Welcome as well. Here we are. We made it through the wilderness of season two, which was uh, an epic season. Lots of shadows. And fog. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are. Here we are still. We're in the darkness, but we're coming into the light. In yes. 94. We're, we're, we're finding a way towards the light. Well, this is what this whole season is about. It's about this moving from a sort of a very dark place into a place of light, right? We're going 1994 to 1998. And if yeah. all you Madonna fans out there know what 1998 means and where we end, yeah. um, it's, a, I think, a really interesting and I think a, a very transitional time Lots of changes, lots yeah. of switching up of things, new friends, new management. Carice Henry is 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 now around. Um, her personal assistant, who's a big part of her the next like fifteen years, and uh, and a lot of different, a lot of new things, new homes, a dog. Freddie Deman is leaving the picture. Yeah, a baby is coming. Yeah, so relationships a golden globe all kinds of things are happening so it's going to be a really fun season um i'll remember Always will stop and listen to when it comes on. 
and not the game-changing transformation everyone feels like it is. I feel like it's very in line with many of the other ballads that Madonna has made. Um, this feels, it, it feels like a big sister or a direct descendant to live to tell. The last time she stripped down, sat still and, and sang a beautiful song. I mean, 100%. In fact, I would even push push back even further to um it's not as bombastic as crazy for you but it's in it's a pop ballad yeah and yeah. it's also like she goes back to her tried and true for this pat leonard along with richard page from mr mister which was a an interesting turn for madonna i i i these broken wings. <laughs> Which is a great pop song. Oh. That's a beautiful yearning pop song. Broken Wings is a is a glorious slice of 80s. And so uh, is Kyrie. Kyrie. Oh. Um, but they wrote uh, Patrick Pat Leonard and Richard Page wrote the song initially, and then Madonna rewrote it, wrote the lyrics, did all kinds of things to it when they finally sat her down and, and played it. And this is from obviously the With Honor soundtrack. Um and With Honors is the movie directed by Alec Kashishian. Technically, his film debut as a film director, right? Yeah, he had like a motion, that. like a like motion a narrative picture. film. Yeah, a major motion yeah. picture, as they used to say. But before we dive too deep into, uh, I'll remember. Uh, let's see what else Madonna's been up to since she ended the Girly Show tour at the end of 1993. Uh, Dangerous Games has obviously come and gone, and Hi. and she's hanging out. She said, you know, in, in interviews, she said, oh, I'm just going to take some time off, which we know is not true. Totally. But she was sort of like, I'm going to take I'm going to step out of the spotlight, you know, for some time. She which had already been happening in 93 was um, seemed to be when she meant taking time off. She meant going to a lot of basketball games. Mm. I, I always imagine that Madonna at on New Year's got a nose, pier got the nose piercing and that Madonna is now like, OK, the nose piercing is a, is a sign of a new chapter. And I'm going to do some things differently in 1994. Mm. Do you think the nose piercing was real? Oh, yeah. OK. Oh yeah, I think it was real. Until it wasn't, she took it out. It grew does in. That, does your nose, does if you get a nose piercing, does it heal after like, or is there always a hole? No, it, it, there's, it's cartilage, so it, oh. it heals back up. Unlike yeah. your ear. No, your ear does, your ear can heal up too. Really? See, this yeah. is as little I know about piercing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a big fan either. Of Do you it. have piercings? I have no piercings. And I never, even, this was one of those times when Madonna did something. I was like, I don't need to do that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, but she has no tattoo. Well, she, now she has the now tattoos, has tattoos, but, um, yeah. you know, I have tattoos, so. You do? I do. Oh, I do know that. Yeah, I have two. Yeah, right. And uh, so I think that there was a lot of, of, um, adjusting for Madonna because she's ostensibly taking some time off, stepping out of the spotlight, not promoting anything, not doing anything. And yet the media is still on her like glue and writing lots of derogatory articles and mentions and all kinds of stuff about her dating life, about who she's being spotted with, about her uh, predilection towards um, 
uh, basketball players and athletes. And um, because she's not in quote unquote business mode of like promoting a product, I think it really rattled her and realized, oh, they're going to, at a time I want to take a step back and not have all the attention on me. And I'm consciously trying to do that. I don't have the control to stop the press from continuing to obsess about it. And I think that kind of reaches ahead. You know, she, she's basically off for three months and they're still, still kind of writing articles and there's, she's on in page six a lot and they're still making, you know, nasty jokes about the sex book and things like that. It all kind of reaches ahead in March when she um, decides to go on the Letterman show. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's totally right. I think, first of all, we're moving into a period where the paparazzi is is starting to get a, a little nastier, right? We're only a couple of years away from uh, Princess Diana. Yes. Um, and I think we're in the start at the swirl. Yeah. It's getting worse. Like, And here we have a woman who actually really loves to go out and be social. And she's also, I don't know if you'll agree, mm-hmm. she's um, looking for her baby daddy. Yeah. Um, and yeah. she's, she's identifying that maybe professional athlete may be the way to go. Right. It's a good, it's a good gene pool to dive into. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, if I was a 35 year old woman with lots of money, I would totally be like, I want somebody who can, you know, contribute to this, what, what I've got going on. But she's spending a lot more time in Miami. She bought a house down in Miami. So she's spending a lot more time there instead of LA or New York where there's so much else going on. So she's a lot more noticeable when she's out and about in Miami than she was say in New York or LA. So that's also contributing to it. It's just like, and I mean, I don't know many instances of Madonna going to basketball games and sporting events before this. So she's also out of, she's, we're seeing Madonna in new places. It's like in the next best thing when she's in the grocery store. It's like, (laughs) I don't, I've never seen Madonna in a grocery store, nor do, oh, she's in a grocery store. So it's the same kind of thing. It's like, not only is she out of New York city, but she's also in arenas, not performing. Right. Just right. watching things. Yeah. And that's, yeah. That's she's, weird and random too. It is weird and random like that. She suddenly takes up basketball. But again, I think she's there because she's like, tick tock, tick tock. Um, <laughs> also, you know, by the way, when David Letterman's like, do you, have you ever been to a, a market before? And she's like, yes, I've been. Let's talk about David Letterman. So, so David Letterman uh, in 1994 is at this really interesting time. He, his show is now, it's no longer this subversive alternate to the tonight show that it was in the eighties. And uh, one of the great things about Letterman during that time in the eighties was he could have random people on who don't have anything to promote or publicize. And, um, and that's slowly, but surely, changing. And I think already in 1994, there's this sense that uh, he is going to be the heir to Johnny Car. You know, Johnny Carson um, has just left the tonight. He's just retired. So there's this weird kind of time where in the in the five or six years before this, they've been really kind of pushing Letterman up to being a more mainstream option. Um, So there are a lot that, you know, and, and he had guests like, you know, obviously legendarily Sandra Bernhardt, Terry Garr, people who were just delightful people that he wanted to hang out with 
night tonight. Charles Charles Grodin is the is the guest for the second night for the night after Madonna is on, and um, but just to kind of give you a sense of where we're at, the Counting Crows are going to make their TV debut after Madonna that night. So like it's definitely a much more commercial show than it had been in the in the decade past. And obviously Madonna had been on the show in 1988 with Sandra Bernhardt and um, and also, um, you know, Sonny and Cher had reunited on the show during the during the late 80s. That legendarily last performance they ever did together was was on Letterman's show. So he's definitely like a cool power player who's becoming less cool and more mainstream as we get further down the line. And he's about to make the jump probably in the next five years. He moves to CBS and becomes this other show, completely other show with none of the old guests, none of the weird people that he had on the show. So he's right at this pivotal time where I think Madonna goes on the show thinking she can be subversive and underground and edgy and that's just not the format anymore of his show um i actually disagree with that meaning i think yes i think the way you're you're positioning letterman is absolutely correct and she even references this you've gotten soft money's yeah. made you soft you know success but, has made you soft yeah. right but i think that she comes on she's annoyed you know with him and she she comes on you know and this is what i meant about like what was the timing of this exactly because she's coming on well she doesn't promote anything and yet she actually probably was there to promote i'll remember and with honors right because yeah. that song came out she goes on the show that song came out two weeks earlier the week after it's gonna it's gonna show up on the pop charts at 35 it's sort of making its ascent um and so she's sort of there for that but she not, they never talk about that. And I think it gets derailed because she's like, you know, she also wants to show all these clips of how he's been disparaging her over the last year or so, and that she's upset about it. She hands him the panties when she comes in. It's like, you know, take my panties, motherfucker. You know, like she's there. She is there to disrupt. I don't think she's there thinking that he'll go with it. I think she knows that she's about to, cause a problem. I don't think that she realizes how hard it's going to be, you know, like, but watching it back, my sense is that she went on to go fuck with him mm. and that he, she, yeah, she may have thought he would have been more game, but she also didn't care. Meaning like she was there to be like, stop fucking with me. You're, this is offensive. You know, she could never, she never said that directly, but that was like, when I watched it back, I thought she's in pain. She's expressing harm. If this were today, this is how this conversation, yeah. would go. like you have harmed me and this is what I need. You know, I need you yeah. to change your, I'm fuck you back, you know? And then when the audience starts to turn on her, she's my favorite Madonna, which is like, all right, motherfuckers, let's all fight, you know? Um, do you know what I mean? Uh, I mean, I do, but I, it's a very uncomfortable interview and weird. They're both, it never gets quite as dirty as I think you think it does. She giggles throughout the whole thing. She makes lame jokes that don't land. Um, Letterman just seems to, it's his turf. He's, he's prepared for what she's bringing. He's got the retorts to come back. 
Um, he's got that guy in the audience. She won't kiss. She's got the he's got the elderly couple that from Wisconsin, from Applewood, Wisconsin, that that, you know, so he has these other ammos that he can use to kind of um, yeah. diffuse it. And well, I, I think the moment the, the most telling moment is when he tells her people don't want to hear that it it at, you know, 1130 on a in their homes, you know, on a Tuesday night or whatever. I'm paraphrasing what he says. And yeah. he sounds like an old fogey in that. Absolutely. Moment. I mean, that is the moment and the audience applauds. And that is the moment where I feel like if there was ever a moment where we could track where someone, you know, becomes the, you know, becomes the man, like that was the mm. moment because it was, it's, it was embarrassing for me to watch because it was such a moralistic thing. And it was saying, for the first time, and this is to your point about how he had changed, like it became so aware, he was so aware of who his audience was. This is obviously information given to him by the network about who's your audience and what they want to hear and what they don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. And that she was like, I, I have no doubt that she was coached beforehand about these limits as well. And she's like, yeah. fuck that, fuck that, fuck that 14 times. Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And she does lose this, I believe. I don't believe if it were if we were to say like who won this, like she does not win mm-hmm. in the moment. Over time, I think it's a win for her. But like he, to me, it, when I was watching it, there's that you know he's in his chair, he's higher than her, right? Which Sandra Bernhardt had pointed out in some time or years earlier, where she's like, "Oh, your chair is higher than the guest's chair," right? Yeah. And and so she, so he's higher than her because he's also taller too. He's leering over her, which reminded me. Of, this is traumatic for me to even think about of the Trump. Clinton debates of him like sort of leering over Clinton while she's talking. It reminded me of that. And that to me was like, she's not only fighting Letterman in this moment, she is fighting the patriarchy. Now let's just get back to you. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, First of all, you're not irritated you, at all. You're not irritated at all. I know you're this not is not irritating me. Okay, good. Are you trying to? No, I'm not trying to irritate you. Actually, you do irritate me sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, you kind of irritate me too. Really? <laughs> <laughs> you see, we have so much in common. I know. Why are you always, I, actually, I brought something uh-huh. to like make a point. All right, okay, good. You are always fucking with me on the show. <laughs> you are always fucking with me on this, the show. You, you are always fucking with me on the show. <laughs> Where is that thing? See what you're doing? See, do you see what you're doing? Now there, you see? What? A a nice, where are you folks from? Yeah, Appleton, Wisconsin. Look, they drove all the way. They came in an Avis car and they wanted to see- can we, let's get to the tape. I brought a tape to prove that he's obsessed with my, obsessed with me. All right, so you, you think that we refer to you far too much on the show. Yeah. All right, roll the tape, Hal. Let's see what she's talking about here. As luck would have it, I look up and there's Madonna. There she was. Riding her bicycle. Hal, roll my home videotape of Madonna. Watch this. This is very impressive. Look, there she is. Okay, stop it. Up. All right. Can you do that? What are, don't you have a problem with chafing when you're out there like that? 
My ass looks a lot better than that. <laughs> Are you enjoying that smoke there? It's just the right size. <laughs> what do you, uh, now when you leave here tonight, what are you going to do? Are you going to go out? Are you going go to go Don't fuck with me, Dave. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Please. Wait, aren't there any other segments? That's it? Do we have more tape for Madonna? <clears throat> Sound, sounds I like to me, the way you say my name. It sounds to me like somebody might be. Mm -mm somebody with you. fucked up. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I want to thank you, folks, for coming in for this run-through show. Thank you very much. This, of course, will never see the light of day. You won't miss a thing tonight. Um, you have a you have a top ten list, I'm told. Yeah, I'm sitting on it. You're sitting on it. Oh, are we going to do the list? Yes. I heard Morty over there weaseling. First he said, No, 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 and then I said. <laughs> And then I said, are we going to do the list? And he said, sure. There seems to be a lot of confusion right now. Yeah, guess why? <laughs> Is it because I've been saying fuck? <laughs> you, you just, you can't... Speak the truth and you, shame you, you the you devil, You can't, baby. no, you can't be coming on here. This is American television. You can't be talking like that. Now we're going to have to... Why? Have, well, because people don't want that in their own homes at 1130 at night. They don't? Don't want to hear the word fuck. Oh, stop it! Will you stop? Ladies and gentlemen, turn what, down your minute, volume. Turn the volume down immediately. She can't be stopped. There's something wrong I with her. Know. What are people thinking? There's definitely something wrong with me. Yeah. I'm sitting here. <clears throat> Anyways, what? Oh. We have to do another commercial. We have to do another commercial. I we'll don't figure think we should. No, we're going to do one. I don't think, I think oh, we should yeah, break no, the rules tonight. I'm calling the shots. We're we doing another commercial. Break the rules. We'll be right back. They're, the body language is fascinating for both of them. She's constantly readjusting the dress and, yes. and you know, her arms and stuff. It's a very weird kind of performance thing. Um, and you're right. He, he is very desperately trying to keep control of the situation. Yeah. I think um, I think that she definitely they definitely came in with a plan, both both sides, and it quickly derails because I think he introduces her in a very like sexist way. Yeah, and that then, Paul Schaefer calls him out on too. And it's yeah. like, this is your guest. This is your guest. Like, and you're saying this nasty stuff about her before she walks out. Exactly. And I so I think that any any kind of of um uh game plan that they had, I think was ripped up in that moment as she's standing there back there. And I think it's also again the culmination of like a year and a half of yeah. kind of kicking and I think that any, ironically, at the end of 1993, once the tour is over, any kind of creative triumph she was feeling about erotica, the sex book, blah, 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 is the tour, is all kind of fading away. And all she's now left with is kind of this aggressive noise about her personal life, yeah. which has nothing to do ostensibly in her view with the art. And... I do wonder, I wonder why they don't bring up I'll Remember because she's just made a great pop song that's going to be a huge hit for her. 
Like, why aren't they talking about it? And it, and I also wonder, I wonder if part of the frustration is, is she's just made this very, not straight laced, but very commercial, very, um, I mean, it's an adult contemporary number one for her. It's like her fifth one or fourth one. And nobody wants to talk about that. They only want to talk about the sensational parts of her life. That, that's right. And, well, and that's, that's, I think, part of the frustration. Um, well, do you know what? Can I, yeah. can I just go back? Cause yeah. I think, I think I, I have an answer as to why, hold on to that question. I have an answer to why I think um, the two things, it's like the two things, the song and the persona are two different things. And mm -hmm. she, in a way is allowing the Madonna persona that is identified with the erotica era to crash and burn. She's allowing it. Yeah. She's allowing it to be just a hot fucking mess and just destroy it. Mm -hmm. And in the same moment, she's reinventing herself and saying, we're going to go softer. It's happening at the exact same moment that she's creating this other trajectory, which is what she actually rides into bedtime stories, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so I kind of think it's weird that they don't talk about the song, but in a way, this wasn't about the music. This was about her persona. She was coming on. I don't think this is conscious at all. Okay. But if I were to think of uh, it as storytelling, I would say yeah. she's coming on to destroy the world of erotica and Dita. Destroy and turn it. the page and turn it, the page. It's on a it. total turn the page, you know, and this is jumping ahead a little bit when we think about the video, which is not one of my favorite videos, but what's interesting in the video is the multiple Madonnas. And then yeah. there's the Madonna who's in the business suit, who's like, this is all calculated. And that we see, oh, this persona outside of the one who's, who's making the video is observing, like, this is the image I want you to see now. And yeah. so I kind of feel like those two things were happening. Like if we were to think of it in a very, um, calculated way that this was a plan of course it's not um but i think but but i think there was i think there was a plan i think there was a plan that that because of the external circumstances and the emotion of it and her emotion of it it got derailed because when madonna has a plan and sticks to it she, it, it she executes quite brilliantly yeah. when she allows herself to get emotionally rattled by it which i think she does here it, it goes off the rails really quickly. She tries to be funny. She always tries to be funny when she's uncomfortable. I think she's funny though. She's not funny. She's I think not she's funny. When she rips up the the top ten list, I'm like, come on, Madonna, oh. play along a but little bit. But that made bit. me feel sad. That made me sad because I think in that moment she felt like she she couldn't win. You know, she was she was she was in a bad place in that moment. That wasn't a funny moment to me. That was like she sort of didn't know what to do. She was at a loss, you know? Um, well, and, and yet she won't leave. That cracks me up, but she, <laughs> she does. She knows she's sinking and she won't leave. It's well, that's, like, she's like, you can go to commercial. I'm going to still be here, but then she isn't, which also she makes is me not, really sad. She is not. And I, I wound up being a big fan in college of the counting crows. So I was really like, I was like, why are these counting? I remember when I watched this episode, because <laughs> we tape, I taped it. Of course. I taped it because I wasn't allowed to stay up so late. And um, oh my gosh, yeah, you're yeah. still you're still a teen. I keep forgetting that. Well, I guess I'm still a teen too, but I'm much older. No, I'm not. I'm like in my twenties by this point. The, the appearance was a huge ratings bonanza for them. Um, and I think that regardless of what everyone kind of the narrative of the time of Madonna hijacking the show, um, sources leaked how crazy it was before it 
aired that night. So people were definitely watching because they taped it earlier yeah. in the day. So people knew and they broadcasted. It wasn't like Madonna had, you know, hijacked his show live. Right. Right. And well, that's that, an important thing to remember too. I just want to point to the moment. This is a future Madonna thing too, of like, she's like, we're not living in the present right now. We're living in the future. This isn't even the real time. And he's like, that's very deep Madonna, but this is literally the things that Madonna is starting to think about, you know? Yeah. Um, so anyway, I think that it's interesting. I do find it fascinating that there's this really aggressive, brash performance of persona at the same time as there is this one of the softest, kindest, most generous songs of her career is released. I agree. I, I think to, to move away from the Letterman, because, uh, you know, she re she returns to Letterman many, many times over the next decade. So, it, it, you know, the feud ends in at the MTV Music Awards in September. So, uh, you know, I think I think now I would be very interested to see how people would view it today, um, that appearance and and what it what it after, you know, seeing all of the everything that's come after that, um, how people would look at it differently and the reaction to it, because a year later she was still talking about defending it and talking about, you know, all of the different reactions to it. And I think, um, but I do think that she also used it to, um, as kind of like a litmus test for how she rolled up bedtime stories. And she was like, okay, now I, I, I see where the culture is and we're gonna, this is how we're gonna do this mm. with bedtime stories. Um, I'll Remember is a, just a stunning song. And um, I think um, Alex Kashishin had asked Madonna if he would contribute to the With Honors, the movie With Honors, which um, stars Academy Award winner Joe Pesci for Goodfellas um, and Brendan Frey and up and coming Hollywood people at the time, Brendan Fraser, um, Josh Hamilton, the indie. Um, star and um, theater actor who's still treading the boards and playing dads now, which shocks me. Patrick Dempsey, right between Can't Buy Me Love and uh, the Grey's Anatomy resurgence in the aughts. And my goddess, Moira Kelly, from the cutting edge and from the Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me movie playing Donna Hayward. Um, they're all in this movie with Joe Pesci. He's a homeless man living in the bowels of a university. Um, Brendan Fraser breaks his foot and is writing a thesis that gets burned. Have you seen this movie? No. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's a really um, uh, it's a really bad movie. Um, it did not do well um, uh, critically. Uh, I think it made twenty million dollars. Uh, the soundtrack, though, is full. Besides Madonna, it's full of like people like C Candlebox, who was on Maverick, Belly, um, Kristen Hirsch and Michael Stipe have a song on it. The Pretenders have the worst cover of Forever Young. Um, it was. It's just a crazy. Um, uh, it's a crazy little hodgepodge of music. Um, and I'll remembers the lead single and also um, Pat Leonard did the scoring for it. So that dun, 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 is, is in the movie a lot too. So it, it, it actually is worth it to see how they use the, the theme mm. over and over and over again in the movie. 
It's the lead single, but is it really the only single? It's the single. There's a single. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think um, it, it's just, it, I had no need to see the film. The song mm -hmm. didn't make me want to see it, nor did the clips in the video of the song make me need to see this film, regardless yeah. of, I'm, I don't have a connection to any of those actors as you seem to have. Like, uh, Moira Kelly didn't really do anything for me. Brendan Fraser, I could care less about Joe Pesci I think is fine but do you yeah. know what I mean like it's not a sexy idea and it makes me sad for Alec Kashishian who like that was the movie he chose to do I don't think he chose to do it I think that he had a deal and they gave him a bunch of scripts and this was the best one that, mm. that he could do mm -hmm. and it probably had Pesci already attached I see because that's how it goes that's how it goes okay the but song the is just beautiful, though, and it really it, it's kind of, you know, it's it's a saw it's it's Madonna yearning and um, finding, you know, um, my favorite line is I learned to let go of the illusion that we can possess. I love that line about about shedding. It's about moving forward. It's just so the, the lyrics are just beautiful about yeah. remember, you know, and, and in some ways it's akin to the, in this life too. It, it's about moving forward, looking ahead, optimism, while um, holding on to the memories, but not letting them define you. It's yeah. very Madonna 1994. It is. I mean, I actually, you mentioned that this is part of the bridge that, 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 and I also think the next part of the bridge is even more beautiful. I learned to let go and travel in stillness. Mm. I mean, this points us to, again, which we believe this whole season is about. This is a season about her dawning of spirituality. And this is sort of the first glimpse of her thinking about what does stillness mean? What is silence? What does it mean to travel through time? I love this song too. I think when it came out, I remember making a mixtape. It was this um, for me because I was I got a job at a summer theater in Vermont <laughs> as a stage manager, which FYI is um, I clearly have never done again. And I, I have one little story about that. But like um, I made this tape, a uh, mixtape. It was the first song on the side A of the mixtape because I was driving from Miami to Vermont. Oh wow! Um, in a, in this my, is such a good first song. In my cabriolet um, convertible, and um, yeah, I would just play this and and I would sing it. You know, as I was driving, I would just rewind and sing it over and over again, as if I had been through something that I needed to remember. You know, like uh, this, somehow it made me think that I had this past with this story. Did you um, did you play it on the drive back from Vermont after this experience? That's a good question. I don't remember. So much happened that summer. I had my first <laughs> real love affair. Oh, um, I actually ended up quitting um, 
the job because I was a terrible stage manager and because no, I was like, really? <laughs> this is not a job for me. This is why, Mark, I'm just going to tell you this really fast. Okay, that I had fallen in love with this guy who was the lead in Oklahoma. Oh, Oklahoma. Kenny. Was, Kenny. And, um, I was, and so at the at the beginning of Act Two starts with Farmer and the Cowman should be friends. You Were know? you the stage manager of this production too? Yes, yes, yes. So Conflict I was running the lights. I was running the lights and the sound. I had to call it and I had like just made out with him at the intermission and I was all frazzled and I got up into the booth and I called places and then I was like thinking about kissing him and making out later and doing other things and I forgot to turn the lights on like to call the because I had to do it as all manual and so and it's a big dance number <laughs> so the actors are out there dancing in the dark and they like banged into each other and one person fell and hurt themselves and then I remember to flip the lights on everybody was in disarray and um I quit I quit that night I was like I'm not meant for this job I couldn't like I, that was just such a fail and I was like I hated the job anyway but anyway I'll remember Oh God! <laughs> my summer. You know, Aduani was like this bitch. Oh my God! <laughs> but you know, that summer it was like we did Nonsense Two, Oklahoma, Annie, and um, the Fantastics. It was like the worst summer stock cheesy place ever. I always think about the audiences of those shows. Like you, like you get a subscription to that season, right? Like the whiplash that you must feel emotionally with the like seeing Oklahoma and Annie back to back. I think would kill me. Oh my god! Oh, and I forgot Chicago. That was their oh, show. Of course, yeah. yeah, of course. That's the hit. That was the hit show. Of course, so sexy. So sexy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, that's beautiful because I, I also I love how on the something to remember uh, compilation um, you get that new song I want you was almost the overture to the to the album mm -hmm. and then Al remembers like kicks in and you're like okay now we start the show yes 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 it is it's a great opening it's a song i wish she would do live you know yeah um, she never did it live and um and it was a huge success i mean it was a huge hit for her um it kind of filled that gap between rain bye bye baby really didn't do anything and then until secret kind of came out in, in yeah. the the early fall of 1994 and this was a summer this was a summer song i mean i think it, it was a hit all through the summer of 1994. it was and, one of the um, most played songs of 1994. yeah um, it, went it was nominated for a golden globe yep. it was not you know i mean it was nominated for a grammy it was a really and i think it showed it also showed it showed madonna i think how regardless of her impulses playing by the by the numbers and by the book can be creatively fulfilling and you know she can get a lot of credibility success absolutely you know and this was again like a format she had used prior in a different way meaning um she did the same exact thing two years earlier with um this used to be my playground okay yeah. drop a single in the late in the spring for an album that will come out in the fall you know um, that, that'll have nothing to do because there's right. nothing about i'll remember other than i think some of the the emotional content of it that goes with the sound of 
of bedtime stories. You had no idea what the news, because this was so different. It's like a cleaning the slate. It's yeah, like, it was so know. different from erotica, but you also, it had, it laid no groundwork for bedtime stories other than how she was feeling emotionally. Totally. Um, let's talk about the, the remixes for this. I remember when the remixes came out, I was very kind of disappointed in them. Mm. Um, they felt like rescue me remix, the rescue me remixes in this weird way. But mm. but going back, um, they're really beautiful. Some of them are like the Gorilla Beach remix is just uh, I, I think it's a William Orbit mix. Yeah, um, well, there's only there's only two mixes and they're both by William Orbit. Yeah, um, I love the Gorilla it, and it's long and it takes its time. There's that spaciousness that's about to come in in electronic music that's coming. It, it's well, really is, beautiful. Yeah, I mean, we we've orbit William Orbit has entered the Madonna world in Justify My Love times, right? Mm -hmm. And so he's sort of been around. But yeah, when I listen back to the Gorilla Mix, which I actually remember loving very much at the time and thinking because I loved that kind of expansive kind of music and that when I listen to it now, I'm like, oh my God, it is all the sounds from Ray of Light. Like, it's yeah, the, it's you know that at the very beginning like if we just listen to a clip of it it's mm -hmm. it could be right from ray of light or even the drown world tour like opening like those sounds yeah she's at this time she's always exploring a sound that becomes like part of the next sound yeah There's a lot of the remixes from erotica the ones that you pointed to like um waiting um have this really r&b hip-hop sound that becomes the sound of 1994 bedtime stories yeah you know? she's trying i mean it's, it's kind of like being in a fitting room she's in a sonic fitting room and she's trying on different clothes to see how they fit and yeah. she may take them off for now but she's like let's put that on the rack and come back to it i also think that a lot happened between 1994 and 1997 when she started a, a ray of light that um she could kind of pick and choose parts of it that she was really liking and because yeah. there were parts of electronica that um she didn't like and she wanted to kind of pull in the emotional there was a coldness and a kind of like yeah um and she wanted to uh really infuse those songs with emotion and vulnerability and her usual stuff um the the and i'll remember is that kind of uh, and those mixes yes. are just so um I just remember the expansiveness of them. They felt so spacious. Yeah. I mean, the other one, which is more like is is basically the song and William Orbit just strips it down a little bit and, and puts in a different kind of beat is a much it's sort of the way that I feel like the rain single is sort of mixed a little. You know, it's it's a very it's a much simpler remix, but it's not an extended mix. No, um, but I think they're both really lovely looking back. And I think 
if there had been more or like, you know, a dance mix, it would have been strange. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so um, they're right. Yeah. Um, the video, uh, this is probably one of my least favorite Madonna videos. Um, and I remember at the time, because um, I don't think I saw the video until after the Letterman performance. Um, so I was I had already seen the yeah. the kind of the the hair and the and the look. Um, but I felt like it was very I mean, the, the sad part of it is it's very uh, akin to rain. And yeah, that's a big that's a big conversation people have about this video, how much it's similar to rain. And I think a lot of that's conscious, right? Mm -hmm. I also do want to point out, you know, this is the second Alec Kashishian video, the first yeah. being this used to be my playground, another soundtrack song. Um, and he's just not good at this. <laughs> I mean, let's just he's really not there. good at incorporating the clips because the clip the, like you said about with honors, there's nothing about those clips that say anything about the movie and nothing and, that makes me want to see it. And and there's nothing also about the the film in that. It's very much like the who's that girl video. <laughs> there's nothing, nothing like she's not on a college campus singing the song. How dare you bring that video up? But do you know what I mean? Like, she, it's like, it's like she wants to do this like Japanese weird, interesting like video and they're on a college campus in New England. And so well, they, they're yeah, not the, connected in any way. No, well, she's in the, well, well, I always think the story of the video is, though it makes no sense, is that she's in the studio where they're doing the overdubs, you know, yeah. and they're watching the clips. And I guess she's, she's well, she's watching the clips as if she's being inspired by them to sing this song because she's always looking up at them. Mm. Um, and, you know, the only things I would highlight in this video that I think are interesting are, um, you know, she looks beautiful, but not as beautiful in the, as in the rain video. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a rip of that. Um, I think that that necklace she wears in some of the scenes is crazy and beautiful. I tried to look up where the necklace is from or who it is. I guess that there would be somebody out there who's listening who knows who made that necklace because the necklace is crazy and it's not an it's beautiful it's not an you know she has two outfits she has one where she's wearing the necklace and one where she's not like and she's in sort of like a gown or something yeah and then there and i just think that 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 angle of that madonna's watching herself and sort of maneuvering this is interesting they're mm. not fully fleshed out you know as a narrative but again points to this there's the woman on the outside who's who's the man part of her who's in control and then the woman at the center of it. The other thing I just wanted to point to in the video that I think is strange is the moment that the two backup singers arrive who are nobody. Who are those women? I am like, I, I just, I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm just like, who are these bland? Where are Nikki and Donna? Well, they're not, they're even, not even they're, on the song. They're, they're not, not on, on the song. song. It's all her. And so it's like, why do you have these women there? Um, and it annoys me. Um, going back to the song for a second, and uh, maybe I'll, I'll switch this around. Going back to the song for a second. One of my favorite parts of the song is when she just hums. And this goes back to something mm -hmm. that's going to come more yeah. and more up. And we've referenced before, but it's those moments where Madonna just is like not saying words, but singing us the melody or humming us the melody that are just so beautiful and so Madonna. Yeah. Um, and it is when, you know, I'm guessing that that wasn't something Richard Page had put into the song, that this is a true Madonna edition because it's so her to just be like, mm -hmm. 
and this this is something she builds on a lot in bedtime stories which we don't realize until later but that there's a lot of that in you know especially in the first in the first single and well and i uh, think excuse me in secret well and i think that i think that the um that 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 kind of wordless um humming anchors the song as a madonna song Mm -hmm. and i think that as we go forward there's a lot more songs where you can like hold on to that even if the song is doing all kinds of other things and you know frozen has that hugely that that i heard that i'm like what the hell is this but the but the the oohs that's what that's what i oh there's madonna there's madonna that's such a smart thing to say because i um there's a great clip of richard page singing the song and talking about it i don't know if you've seen it where he sings, I have. It, with a, he sings it with a guitar which you know obviously is how it started and and he sounds great on it um but it doesn't it sounds just like a regular pop song but there's something that happens when madonna does it and i think that's part of that thing that becomes a madonna song yeah yeah and I think, uh, you know, I like to believe because, you know, we were talking before about when she wrote it, when she worked on the song, how quickly, because, you know, it's ready to go and released by early 94, basically. And uh, it was released in March. And then the video also came out in March. So it had to have been recorded and ready to, you know, the 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 movie came out in April. So it had to have been recorded maybe during the tour of Girly Show um, or right before she went on tour with Girly Show. And I just love the idea that Madonna is um, work already looking, moving forward and recording and making something so vulnerable and, and true to what after all the role playing and the person, the personas of erotica, we get this very Madonna. This is Madonna. Yep. Yep. I love that. I love it too. Till next time. Yeah.